Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. As we have seen, the Sanhedrin Court, the Jewish Supreme Court, had trouble convicting Jesus. Jesus had to ultimately speak in such a way as to provide the court with what they wanted. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus is taken to Pilate. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 23 and study Jesus Accused Before Pilate. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we come before you today acknowledging our need for a Savior. Just to say that should conjure up thoughts and images in our mind of our lostness, of our sinfulness, of our condemnation before you, a righteous and holy judge. And yet, Father, you love us. You love us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, to become the propitiation for our sins, the mercy seat for our sins. And we can come to him and we can cry out for mercy. We may repent of our sin and trust in you for salvation. Father, we thank you for your marvelous gift of grace, your marvelous plan of redemption. And we pray, Lord, that through the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit, we might be pleasing in your sight. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your holiness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we turn to Luke chapter 23, verses 1 through 5, we read these words. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. So as we have engaged in this devotional verse-by-verse study, we have watched Jesus be under attack from Satan in the garden. He was seeking not to go to the cross according to his own desires, his own earthly desires, and there was nothing wrong with that. And yet he was submissive to the Father, praying, nevertheless, not his will be done, but the Father's. He was arrested, betrayed by one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, and then taken. He was beaten and mocked. He was tried in a sham kind of trial among the Sanhedrin court, and the Sanhedrin court was the Supreme Court of Israel. It was powerful, and yet they could not find a consensus reason to convict Jesus. They wanted Jesus dead, and they brought in false witnesses, and the false witnesses couldn't agree, and ultimately it was Jesus' own words that they used against him to convict him. And having done that, Jesus has been beaten, he's been mocked, Peter has denied him. Judas has betrayed him. He's wept and sweat, as it were, great drops of blood in the garden. This has been a very trying experience, one that would test all of our strength. And yet it was not even close to being finished with the Lord Jesus Christ. This whole multitude of individuals, not just the Sanhedrin court, but the whole multitude of these individuals included the Sanhedrin court, soldiers, any crowd that had gathered outside to see what was going on. They had all come under the sway of the Sanhedrin court, and they took Jesus and led him away to Pilate. 
Pilate was the Roman Empire's representative in Jerusalem. He had great power. The Jews wanted Jesus dead, but they did not have power to kill him the way they wanted him to die. So they brought him to Pilate, and they accused Jesus before Pilate. They pleaded their case before Pontius Pilate. Now, there's a lot of politics that take place in all of this, and no justice whatsoever. And as they accused Jesus before Pilate, they claim, we have found this fellow perverting the nation. Now, pause there. Jesus, in their eyes, was perverting the nation. What was his perversion? He was speaking the truth to the people. He was telling them of God's kingdom. He was telling them how to be ready for the kingdom, to look for the kingdom. He was healing, casting out demons. He was feeding the multitudes and doing wonders and signs that testified that he was the Messiah. They claimed he was perverting the nation because he was teaching the nation the truth while they were leading deceitfully, sinfully in their high-level positions. So they said he's not teaching them what we want him to teach them. He's not leading them in the way that we want them to be led. He's perverting them. But his perversion was a correction of their perversion. (laughs) Isn't that something to think about? They had come to believe that what they were doing was right or acceptable, and that when correction or truth came about, it was actually perversion. Now, how much they believed all of this, I don't know. And they also said in the second phrase of this verse, verse 2, that he was forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar. Now, we know that's not true because Jesus said, render to Caesar that which is Caesar and to God that which is God's. And they were amazed at his answer. This is just a bold-faced lie. They both are lies. But one might be a lie because they were deceived, but the other is just a lie because they know the truth and they just twist it. They just say that, Jesus is forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar. And then they said, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. That's not a lie. It's only a lie if he is not Christ, if he is not the heir of King David, who will sit on the throne of David forever. The truth is, he is Christ. He is a king, not a king, but king of kings and lord of lords. This was their accusation before Pilate. Now, we're given this summary account And in order to get a little more fuller account, you have to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You have to read these texts there, and you get a fuller account. But we're just getting a summary, not just a summary in Matthew. All of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John only give us a summary. We can imagine that there were many other words, that there was much time spent trying to get Jesus convicted before Pilate. Verse 3 says, Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And here's Jesus' answer. He answered him and said, It is as you say. What did Jesus say there? Yes, what you say is true. It's exactly as you say. I am the king of the Jews. That's what Jesus was saying. He's not hiding it. He's not trying to avoid what might come. He just tells the truth. Verse 4, So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. Now, Pilate's not going to say that just once. He's going to say that over and over again. But essentially what Pilate says is, he's innocent. I don't find any reason for what you guys are saying or doing. That's important to understand. Because when Jesus is crucified, he is not crucified as one convicted. He is actually crucified as one who has been found innocent three times. Verse 5, 
But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. Now that may not sound like much of a charge, but it is an important charge. The idea that he stirred up the people throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to the north, all the way down to Jerusalem in the south, he's stirring up all of the people throughout all of Israel, causes fear to come in the heart of any Roman leader. Because the Romans did not want riots. They did not want great disturbances. They did not want the people stirred up. They wanted peace throughout all of Rome. And so when Pilate, the Roman official, hears that Jesus is stirring up the people, that's not something to convict Jesus of any serious crime. But it is a concern that Pilate may come under the contempt of the Roman Empire if he can't control the people in the circumstance here. You see, there were laws, and then there were laws. (laughs) The number one law was keep your position in the Roman Empire. That's what Pilate was living by. So he had to control the people. He had to control the leadership. And the Sanhedrin court, the priest and the people, were using all of this in a political way against Jesus to twist Pilate into doing what they wanted. We need to know that. Now, if you're listening to this study, you already know that Jesus is innocent. You already know that Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we are yet without sin. Jesus did not sin. He certainly did not do anything worthy of being crucified. And yet we're watching as things are manipulated and twisted. One of his own disciples betrays him. Another denies even knowing him. The disciples are scattered. Jesus is being mocked and ridiculed, beaten, and falsely accused and falsely convicted. A political game and scheming are going on. And all of this is for what? To show us the unrighteousness of humanity? To show us the corruptness of human courts? No, all of this is to clearly show us that Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God. He is the acceptable sacrifice of God who can go to the cross and make payment. He can atone for our sins. He can bear in his body our sin, our guilt, our shame, our conviction, so that we might be free. He's going to pay a price we could not pay. In exchange, through faith in Jesus Christ, we get complete forgiveness. We are justified. Praise the Lord. We need to trust in Christ and follow him. We need to trust in Christ, be indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and walk in the Spirit. That's what we are called to do. That is our reasonable response to what God has done for us to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable act of worship. Father in heaven, help us to see and understand. Help us to be moved, to be convicted, to be guided by your Holy Spirit, to not only understand and discern the truths of these passages, but to respond by faith, humbly, humbling ourselves and lowering ourselves before you, a righteous and holy judge, being amazed and in awe of the great love that you displayed in sending your son to die on the cross, his willingness to die in our place so that we might be saved from eternal condemnation. Help us to love you, to be thankful, to worship you, to magnify you in our hearts and in the world. Guide us throughout today in the days ahead with these kind of truths, with this understanding. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.